We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? Welcome to Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very, very much, as always, for locking in, whether it's on the audio side, via Spotify or Apple, or whether you're checking out the video on YouTube. Most, if not all, these episodes are available now in full on YouTube. But regardless of how you're checking it out, thank you. I appreciate all you guys flying solo today. Uh, Spent a little bit of time, not a lot. This is not going to be a long episode, by the way. Um, I want to talk about Jordan Poyer today. Um, I think this is potentially news. Jordan Poyer wants a new contract, and uh, we'll talk about some possibilities with that today. Want to let you know before I get started with this episode tomorrow, Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, of course, Buffalo Bills mock draft version four. I'll be back with my man Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Um, we've done three mocks already. Tomorrow will be the fourth. We're doing this for five weeks. So next week will be our final mock draft. Aaron, along with uh, Greg Thompson and and Eric Turner from Cover One, they're all going to Vegas to actually cover the draft. So that'll be really cool for them. I'm happy for them. But anyway, Aaron's been awesome, and this has been a really fun exercise. I feel like we're learning a lot about these prospects during this process. Sometimes we do trades. Sometimes we don't. We'll be doing trades tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. Then, of course, on Friday, every Friday, my man Joe Yurden, he's back. So casual Friday with uh, Joe Yurden. So look for those coming up later in the week. Also, before I get going today, if you happen to be watching this on the video side, I got to give a quick shout out here to my boys from uh, Buff on Weck. They sent me a couple shirts. And again, if you can see it on video, if you're watching, um, really cool mafia shirt, man. It's, uh, it's a dope ass shirt, to be honest with you. Really cool. I just I, I want to plug these guys real quick because they're this is a good company. All right. And, uh, they always put out great designs. Again, I got, I got a couple of the shirts here and they look good. And I'll tell you this much. And this is what I will say about them real quick. And I don't want to make this long ad for guys, you know, cool enough to send me some gear, but I will say this. And, and I mean this, and I'm not just saying it because they sent me a couple shirts. I, I truly mean this. When you go to the store or you go online, you see lots of things that look good and they look good visually to your eye. And then you buy them and then you put them on and they're just uncomfortable. They're, they're hard as a rock. They feel shitty. And God forbid you wash it once. You may as well throw them in the garbage after that. Definitely not the case uh, with Buff Bonwack. They're dropping new designs all the time. Really cool stuff. 
I think this shirt's like 20, 25 bucks tops. And again, it's not, it doesn't just look good. It's really comfortable. And by the way, this would look a lot better on me if I lost about 10 or 15 pounds right now, kind of feeling sick looking at myself right now on camera. But anyway, it is what it is. They, they put out really good stuff. Make sure you go check them out. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those. They're at, it's at Buff on Weck, and that's Buff with only one F. So B-U-F on Weck, and then check out their website. It's uh, buffonweck.com. Again, that's with one F to buffonweck.com. Go check them out. They got some, uh, they got some really cool stuff, man. I, I, I like this shirt a lot. Like I said, I would like it more if I <laughs> lost about 10 or 15 pounds. Um, One other thing too, before we get going, and this is a question, it's unrelated to normal podcast topics. In fact, it's got nothing to do with sports at all, but I'm interested in knowing this. If you're listening, if you're watching, I got a question for you. Do you guys watch This Is Us? It's the NBC drama that's been on for six seasons. This is uh, the final season. If you if you do watch it, I want to know what you guys think of it, whether it's, uh, you know, tweet at me, uh, leave a comment on YouTube. I'd love to know what your take is on this show because I've watched it from the start. And this season, I kind of fell behind. And Sunday, I spent most of Sunday afternoon, I binge-watched the last four episodes to catch up. I was behind a good four episodes. So I spent a good chunk of my Sunday catching up. And I'll tell you, man, I was completely and utterly drained when this show was over on Sunday, when I had caught up. Um, it's just, it, and this is why I want to know your opinion on it. It's just so emotional. A lot of times when you when you binge watch a show, you know, if it's a comedy or, or if it's an action show, it it's easy to to watch them in big chunks, but not this show. I watched four episodes and I was just emotionally drained. This show is so draining in a good way, though. I mean, that's not a criticism. I'm just saying it's uh this show is brilliantly done. I, and I'll say this too. And for me, this show is at least flirting with entering my Mount Rushmore of all-time TV shows. And uh, I'll hold off on saying that until it's over. And I think the finale for the whole series is uh, May 24th. I think there's seven episodes left, maybe eight at the most, seven or eight. But anyway, the finale is May 24th. I'll hold on on saying it's on my Mount Rushmore just for now because... There, you know how it goes. Sometimes you get TV shows that uh, they end so badly that it kind of, it taints the show a little bit. You know, now, now I'm not saying like, for an example, How I Met Your Mother. That wasn't necessarily, I would have been on my Mount Rushmore of, of shows, but it was a show I liked a lot, but the ending was just so freaking stupid that it really, it, it left a, a black eye on the show. Um, Parks and Rec. To a lesser extent, because I didn't hate the ending as much as I hated uh, the ending for How I Met Your Mother. But the time jump and all that stuff in the finale, it kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth as a whole. Because, man, Parks and Rec, to me, that was a uh, certainly a top 10 comedy, if not a, a top 10 show of all time. But like I said, a little bit, the ending was just, eh, didn't really do much for me. But anyway, I want to know what your thoughts are on This Is Us, because, you know, for me right now, Again, my Mount Rushmore, as things stand right now, is The Office, uh, The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, which is funny because I usually don't like those type of 
of dramas, those type of like sci-fi shows. But Game of Thrones is up there. And I'd say Seinfeld. And those all have some originality in a way, except for Seinfeld. Seinfeld's just a, a classic sitcom. The difference being is I think they just have done it better than everyone else. So that's why it's up there. But this is us. I'm telling you, as a drama, the difference between this and a lot of other great dramas I've seen is that This Is Us does such an amazing job at having so many different characters on the show and telling their stories and making you care about so many different people on the show. They take their time. They they balance the storylines out really well. And you find yourself emotionally invested in all of them. You know, a lot of dramas, it's the the lead actor or the lead actress and everyone else kind of feels like an afterthought. And it's not like that with this is us at all. It's, um, it's really well done. I can't wait to see how it ends. I'm going to be a basket case too. Like I said, I watched four episodes. I was drained, man. I cried. That show makes me cry. Probably half the episodes. If there's 20 episodes in a season, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I probably cry at least at some point and at least get teary eyed for, for 10 of them. But anyway, if you've seen that show, I'm really interested in what your take is. Uh, make sure you let me know. All right. So I want to spend today. And again, this won't be a long episode at all. I want to talk about Jordan Poyer and his name comes up because last week, as we all know, Stefan Diggs signed an extension, which is obviously great news for the Buffalo bills and uh, great news for Stefan. I mean, he's going to be here for another four years. That's awesome. When that happened, like what, literally within hours, we go on Twitter and you find out that Jordan Poyer is, now maybe this was already in the works, probably was, but what a coincidence. On the same day that we learned of Stefan Diggs' uh, four-year extension for the Buffalo Bills, we learned that Jordan Poyer hand, or, uh, hired Drew Rosenhaus to represent him. And we know now that Jordan Poyer is looking for a new contract. Even though he's under contract with the Buffalo Bills for another year, without him having to come out and saying it, just all the clues are in place now. He hires Drew Rosenhaus. Um, his wife, Rachel Bush, had a bunch of tweets last week. Um, you know, I know how people, how Bills fans generally speak in a lot of them, at least I don't want to categorize it as all, but how a lot of people feel about Rachel Bush. I get it. I understand. I will say this in defense of her. You can't be mad at her for an hate on her for defending her husband, talking up her husband. He wants a new contract. She's talking him up, talking about him being an all pro and that he should get a fair deal and this and that. I'm not going to read those tweets, but they're what you think they would be. So it's led to a lot of speculation. I mean, whether you love Rachel Bush, if you're a Bills fan, whether you can't stand Rachel Bush, I mean, it is Jordan Boyer's wife. I'm pretty confident that she has plenty of input and plenty of say and an opinion and a voice on his life and, and his career, his present and his future. So I don't know that the new agent, it makes you think that your man's looking for a new contract. So I want to read a couple takes because I put up on Twitter uh, Monday afternoon. I want to know what you guys think. If you're Brandon Bean right now, because this isn't as easy, by the way, 
and this is kind of like the topic, the main topic of this abbreviated podcast today. This is not as easy as it sounds for Brandon Bean. Is Jordan Boyer worthy of an extension? Does he deserve to be here for a while? Does he deserve a good contract to stay for two, three, four more years? Of course he does. Absolutely. The guy's a great football player. The guy's literally an all-pro. Not Pro Bowl, all-pro. Big difference. Pro Bowl is a popularity contest. It's a bunch of bullshit more times than not. All-pro means you're one of the very best in the entire league at your position. So it sounds easy in theory. Give the man his money. He's earned it. And he has. He's been great. More on that in a few. But anyway, here's, here's my thing. It's not that easy, folks. It's not that easy because you can't pay everybody. And we know that. And I'm sure he knows that too. Which is probably why he has a new agent. Somebody with uh, as much firepower, with as much clout as Drew Rosenhaus. But anyway, I wanted to get your takes on this and how you think Brandon Bean should handle it. And there were a bunch of them. And I just want to highlight four of them. I want to read off four tweets because they kind of represent four different potential scenarios for how this plays out when it comes to Jordan Poyer. So I want to read those. And then I got some thoughts um, of my own. So let's start with the first one. And this one came from uh, DB. And he says, I'm sure Bean has an overall plan of how he envisions the team over time and already knows who he can and can't keep and should and shouldn't keep. I am fine with whatever he decides in terms of Poyer. And again, that was from DB. I'll hold off on comment until I get through all these. Another one, another school of thought. This was from Justin Giraldi. And he tweeted at me and he said, all about what's the price. Who else can't be signed? And then he's got Knox, um, David, and they do draft Hamilton in the draft. He's talking about Kyle Hamilton this year. You could get a new contract every year, especially, or he says you can't, I'm sorry, get a new contract every year, especially on the wrong side of 30. So that's another school of thought. Here's one from Jay Utah. I let him play it out. He got a raise last year. I guess it depends on how much he wants. He has outperformed his contract. Yes. I don't know if the Bills can do it. Then last, uh, Meatball Mussolini tweets. Simply put, one sentence. Finish his contract and let him walk. Now, again, these are four potential uh, schools of thought, four potential ways that this could be handled. There's others. Trading, cutting, not going to happen. But anyway, those are other potential outcomes. But kind of just, uh, let's just spend a few minutes and go through these, the potential ones. All right, now let's start with the first one where he says, and I'm sure a lot of Bills fans think the same way. I'm sure Bean has an overall plan of how he envisions the team over time. Already knows who he can and can't keep and should and shouldn't keep. I'm fine with whatever he decides in terms of Poyer. Basically, I think what he's trying to say is that, and I'm sure a lot of Bills fans agree, is that fans completely trust Brandon Bean to make the right call, the right decision. I believe there's a lot of element and truth in this tweet. You have to imagine that before Brandon Bean signs off on the extension for Stefan Diggs, I'm sure he spent some time, you know, some at some point he's spending some time thinking, all right, well, 
What's the domino of this? Who's going to want to get money now? What do I do this year, next year, and the year after? How's the cap going to look this year, next year, and the year after? I highly doubt that they decided to give Stefan Diggs an extension without any thought to the guys that they got to worry about signing over the next 12 months or so. This tweet basically says, I am trusting Brandon Bean. If Brandon Bean wants to give Jordan Poyer an extension tomorrow, I'm with it. If Jordan, if uh, Brandon Bean wants Jordan Poyer to play the season out and see how things play out, I'm with that too. I trust my general manager. He's done a good job. That's a, a very fair uh, school of thought there. One that I think a lot of people would agree with. Um, Justin Girardi's point, it's about the price and who else can't be signed. I'm not sure what he says by David in there. And that, that, that might be a mistake. And then he says, and if they do draft Hamilton in the draft this year. And then he goes on and says, you can't get a, a new contract every year, especially on the wrong side of 30. All right, let's break that down a little bit here. Um, in terms of who else can't be signed, that's a very big factor. That's the biggest factor. Because, and I'll talk about this a little more in a few minutes, but you, the Bills got a handful of very important players coming up. Whether, they're, whether they got one year left on their deal or two years left on their deal. Brandon Bean's got a lot of tough decisions to make. And the salary cap may be a myth to an extent, but they can't sign everybody. You can't sign everybody. Just like the Rams. They, they, they lost Von Miller. I mean, they signed other guys too, but you just, teams can't sign every single player. The Bills are pretty tight against the cap. Yeah, sure, they can do some maneuvering, which we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But you can't sign everybody. So they have tough decisions to make. Um, in terms of drafting Kyle Hamilton, look, I'm a Notre Dame guy. So you don't got to sell me on how good Kyle Hamilton is. There's nothing more than I'd love, love for the Buffalo Bills to go out and get themselves Kyle Hamilton. But here's the problem. He's going to have to fall quite a ways for you to go get him. Because how much are you willing to pay in terms of draft capital to go up and get Kyle Hamilton? A lot. A lot. Let's say, for the sake of discussion, which I don't think is going to happen, but let's just say by some crazy chance, he falls into 13 to 15, somewhere in that range in the draft, which for the record, mock drafts, which... Of course, they're not a science and they're not always accurate, but pretty much every mock draft's had this guy going anywhere from as early as three through like seven or eight. So for him to fall to 15, I feel like that's a pretty big reach. But let's just say it, that does happen for whatever reason. If you go by a draft value chart, which again, it's not the Bible, it's not always right, but you're talking the Bills would be giving up their first round pick, obviously. 25, maybe giving up their second round pick too, which is 57. And then maybe they swap in the fourth or fifth round, something like that, the team that they would trade with. Maybe the Bills pick up a, a couple of draft spots in like round four or five. But essentially, if you're trading to go get Kyle Hamilton, you are giving up your first and your second round pick this year. And that's if he gets all the way to 13, 14, 15, which I don't see happening. So I don't think that's going to happen. And even if it did, 
do you really want to trade, give up that much, a first and a second, go get your safety? I mean, Duke Ball, man. Again, I'm a, I'm a big Kyle Hamilton fan. I love him on the Buffalo Bills. But that's a lot to give up. I mean, you're securing the position for the future. I get that. I don't know what, if you do make that move by some miracle chance, I don't know what you do with Jordan Poyer, then you trade him. Probably. I would, I would think you trade him at that point. Again, easier said than done, maybe. And again, that's him going to 15. Now, more likely, if you really want Kyle Hamilton, you want to be realistic about it, and you really love Kyle Hamilton, I would say that you probably are going to have to get up to a, you know what number sounds good? Seven. The New York Giants, former Bills connections there all over the place, including the GM. Maybe you swing a trade at number seven. Well, if you do that, you're giving up your first this year, Forget about your second this year. You're giving up your first this year and your first next year, plus something else. If you're going from 25 to seven, you're giving up your first. You're giving up your first next year. You're probably giving up a third this year, and you might even be giving up something else besides that. That is really, really, really rich to go get a Kyle Hamilton. I would say the odds of trading up to get somebody like him, as good as he is, minuscule. So I, I don't get that. I don't buy that. Um, last thing, you can't give a contract every year, especially on the wrong side of 30. What Justin's alluding to is Jordan Poyer signed a two-year extension just in 2020. So he got a contract less than two years ago and wants one now. He's going to be 31 at the end of this month. So that they're all fair points in what he's saying. I just The Hamilton thing, I just think is a little bit, uh, realistically anyway, out of reach for the Bills. Um, back to Jay Utah's point which I think most fans probably feel this way. I let him play it out. He got a raise last year. I guess it depends on how much he wants. He has outperformed his contract. Yes. I don't know if the Bills can do it. I think that's the sentiments of a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, He did get a raise. Not last year, two years ago. Um, How much he wants. That's what it's going to come down to. What kind of contracts are you looking for? Is he looking for three years, 50 million, something like that? 15, 16 million a year? Probably not doable. Again, they got a lot of other guys they that they uh they need to work on. And Brandon Bean, who I'm sure is already doing this, is prioritizing who he wants to keep and who he can keep. Good point. I mean, we don't know how that's gonna play out. And then Meatball Mussolini finishes contract and let him walk. I mean, look, that's not completely out of the question. I'm not trying to say that that's a, a bad, a dumb tweet. That's not what I'm saying. It very well could happen. If you want to look at it from this school of thought with this, um, he finishes his contract. He goes and he, instead of the Bills giving him three years and $45 million, he goes to another team and gets that. The upside of that is there's a good chance that that's going to net you a nice comp pick in 2024. So it could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It just, just letting him walk. I don't know if that's necessarily uh the right line of thick. And I would like to me tweeting that one simple sentence like that. It just feels to me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but it feels like he's not appreciative enough of, of the things that Jordan Poyer has brought to the table. I think Jordan Poyer deserves a contract. I think he deserves a raise. It just becomes a question to me of, uh, you know, can you make it work? That's what it, for me, that's what it comes down to. Um, anyway, Here's what I'm doing. Take a real quick break. Come back on the other side. I got some thoughts as well. And uh, a couple other quick things we'll hit on. Be right back, folks. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, I'm back and we are discussing Jordan Boyer today and... Look, we, we just went over four potential scenarios. Let me say this, man. I, the only problem for me is it's not whether I think Jordan Poyer is worth the money. It's not whether I think he still brings a lot to the table. Yeah, maybe he's getting up there in age. But you know what? Again, he was an all-pro last year. He was one of the best safeties in the NFL. He had six interceptions. He had a lot of timely plays, big plays. Now, he got beat some. Who doesn't in this league? It happens. The problem is that it's just not that easy. And that's that's what it comes down to, folks, is just it's not that easy. You have other important players on this football team. You have Ed Oliver, who you've exercised your fifth-year option on. So you're going to guarantee his fifth year. He's a priority, by the way. He might be the biggest priority of everyone that we're talking about today. Um, Dawson Knox, he is... He has grown. The Bills have spent a lot of time and resources to grow this guy into a very good tight end. Last year, Dawson Knox became a very good tight end. Dawson Knox became a asset to this offense, a consistent asset. He's always had talent. He's always flashed. This year, he was much more consistent. He became a legitimate weapon. Josh Allen loves Dawson Knox. The Bills don't want to lose him. So you got him. And then you got everyone's favorite lightning rod, Tremaine Edmonds, who is already under contract this year, guaranteed money, $12.7 million, I think. This is his fifth-year option. He's a free agent after this year. You got a decision to make. And I know a lot of fans out there can't get rid of this guy fast enough, which not really sure I agree with that. But anyway, you have those guys, man. That, that, not, I'm not even going to mention Devin Singletary who really came on last year and is going into uh, the final year of his contract. It's not that easy. You can't keep them all. It, that's what it comes down to. You just, you can't keep all these guys. 
and you have to make some tough decisions. I, I think a lot of people seem to think that if you take those big four, if you take Poyer, if you take Knox, you take Oliver, you take Edmonds, you probably realistically can only afford to keep two of them. Say two of those four. Again, I, I had a, a discussion with a, I'm not, not going to throw names out there because I don't want to make it sound like I'm throwing anyone under the bus or even that I think they're wrong. Well, I do think they're wrong, but I, I did it respectfully. Uh, fellow content creators out there are like, well, sign Tremaine or um, sign Jordan Poyer. It's easy. What's the problem? Well, it's not that easy because you can't sign everybody. If you're going to sign him, there's going to be a consequence. Somebody's not going to get paid because you can't pay everybody. And that's what it comes down to. In terms of wanting a new contract, look, Jordan Boyer's still in a contract for another year. Currently right now, and again, he's got one more year left on his deal. He's the 13th highest paid safety in the NFL. And Micah Hyde is right behind him. His average annual salary is $9.75 million, which puts him 13th in the NFL. And if you look at that list of the 12 that are ahead of him, there's only one guy that is younger, or I mean older than him, and that's Harrison Smith for the Vikings, who's 33 years old. These guys range from 25 to, to 29 years old. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to uh, downgrade anything about Jordan Poyer. If he plays like he did last year and he can play at that level for another three, four years, shit, bring him back, <laughs> you know, bring him back. He's a great player. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying he is under contract for another year. And I do think that matters. And you just, you can't pay them all, man. You can't pay them all. Now, I want to turn to a couple. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll show it to you. If you're listening in audio form, I'll explain it to you. And I want to make sure I give credit to my man, Greg Thompson. Of course, Greg is with uh, Cover One. And if you're out there and you're wondering, all right, well, let's say that the Bills do want to sign Jordan Poyer to an extension. What kind of contract are we potentially looking at? And Greg came up with the number. That would be about three years and 45 million with about 30 million guaranteed. And he did a really um, good and detailed job of laying out how it would work. He used a couple of player comparisons, uh, Harrison Smith, Quandre Diggs, um, talked about, you know, what Poyer would get. He's Because, again, he's got one year left on his contract, 7.2 million in cash, and he's got a 10.8 million cap it for this upcoming season. So you propose a new deal announced as four years, 52 million, which essentially is three years, 45 million in new money. And you have uh, two voidable years at the end, which is common when you have two, three-year deals now because you can spread the signing bonus out. And his cap hit would be manageable for the first couple of years. You'd have a 7 million cap hit for this year, nine for next year. And then it gets all the way up to 15 in 2024. You'd be eating dead cat money any way you look at it. But that's just to show you what Greg thinks. And Greg, by the way, is fucking fantastic at coming up with salary cap numbers and structures and what deals typically look like. Greg is really, really good at it. So if you're looking at what kind of deal do you think Jordan Poyer is looking for or what's something that's like realistic, that's probably what it would be. Somewhere around 3 and 45, analysis 4 and 52, Again, with two voidable years. And um, so that's what you're looking at if you want to pay him. Now, what another thing that Greg did too is you're saying to yourself, all right, well, who are they going to pay or how can they do that? Because again, you can't pay everybody. The bills are not in good salary cap shape right now. 
going into next year, I'm talking about. They've already done, for the most part, everything they got to do for this year to build a Super Bowl contender. But you look at next year, and again, I'll turn to Greg again. These are guys that he says the Bills could easily restructure to create a lot of cap room. Josh Allen, um, base salary restructure. You could save $21 million on the cap for next year with a base salary restructure. Vaughn Miller, who's just signed this year, next year's roster bonus. You can convert that. That's $10.9 million in cap savings. Deion Dawkins, you can uh, base salary restructure, $6.3 million. Trey White, same thing, base salary restructure, convert it to a signing bonus. Um, that would be $8.6 million. You could save a little over $6 million. Those four guys alone can create practical um, cap space of $44.5 million. And then he also has two more that if he really needed it, um, unlikely, he says this, and, and Greg notes this, unlikely restructures because um, they've already been restructured once. Stephon Diggs and Matt Milano. It's $5.5 million and $6.6 million respectively. So you can create $44.5 million in cap space next year, Brandon Bean can, by restructuring Josh, Von Miller, Deion Dawkins, and Trey White. And if need be, you can even go as deep as Stefan Diggs and uh, who the hell's the other guy here? I'm forgetting. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Matt Milano, who they just restructured this year. So if you really want to and you want to get creative, the money's definitely there. Again, for me, it's just, it just comes down to, it's just, it's just not that simple, man. That That's what it comes down to. It's just, it, it's not that easy. And the other options, and you know, we talked about them, trading and cutting them, just, or Tremaine Edmonds, you know, not happening. If you were to to trade him, it's it's just hard. These guys, they're not going to trade Jordan Poyer. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, trade Jordan Poyer and draft the safety. I don't see that happening. Deal for Tremaine Edmonds. Trade in Tremaine, draft the linebacker to replace him. I don't see that. You know why? This team's all in right now. They signed Von Miller. They've added a bunch of guys. They're making their run right now. They're all in. They're all in. You have a defense that was number one in the NFL last year. I still think the defense was at least to some extent overrated, and they got completely exposed against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. We all know that. But even that said, it's still a good defense, and at times a great defense, one that added Vaughn Miller purely for the stretch, for when the games matter, for playoff games, for the biggest moments. That's why they went out, and that's why they got Vaughn Miller. And then you trade Jordan Boyer for a rookie or you trade Jermaine Edmonds and you get a rookie. I just don't buy any of it, man. I don't buy any of getting rid of one of your best defensive players for future draft capital or current draft capital, regardless of the cap reason. Again, you add Von Miller, you're trying to win now. You don't draft rookies to take over for Jordan Boyer or for Jermaine Edmonds or any very good starter on this defense because, again, they are all in right now. So cutting Jordan Boyer doesn't make any sense. 4.1 million dead cap they'd have to eat and they would save 6.6 million. Newsflash, folks. They ain't cutting Jordan Boyer. That's not happening. Trading? Ugh, I mean, never say never. But again, were the, if they were to trade up for Kyle Hamilton and land him, maybe then they trade Jordan Boyer. If they did, They'd be eating about $3.6 of dead cap, 
and they would save $7.1 million in cap savings for this year. Um, again, all that said, at the end of the day, my, my thought is they're not going to uh, – I think they're going to try to work on an extension with Jordan Boyer, one that works for both sides. And if they can, that's awesome. And if they can't, they'll see what happens at the end of the season. And again, if he leaves, I think next year's we say it every year, and then the Bills go out and they sign Von Miller, or they go out and get a bunch of free agents. Next year is going to be the year, because even if they lose Poyer, between Oliver, between maybe Edmonds, between Dawson Knox, maybe between Singletary, if it's a reasonable deal, I think they're going to lose more than, than the gain. And if you lose Jordan Poyer, you're going to get a nice comp pick uh, the following year. And I think ultimately that's how it plays out. The one thing, the worst case scenario for the Bills right now, which I really hope it doesn't come down to, and I don't think it will, is Jordan Poyer decides to not go to camp without a new deal. That would suck. To me, that's the worst case scenario. Um, this team on paper, I mean, they are literally favored to win the Super Bowl right now. And the last thing they need is any distraction. And Jordan Poyer hasn't been a guy that's ever been a distraction, especially up in Buffalo. He's been an asset on the field. He's been an asset off the field. Let's not lose sight of that fact. Again, you can hate on his wife if you want. I get it, fine. But she's defending her husband when it comes to what she's saying about him. And he has been awesome for the Bills on the field. He's been awesome off the field. I hope they can get something done. My gut feeling says that they do. I think they get something done. Hopefully something along the lines of what Greg did or Greg talked about. I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be the guy that of those four, if they're going to lose one for sure. I think it's Tremaine Edmonds. I think just paying two linebackers that much money between him and Milano, it just doesn't work. And I think maybe, maybe Tremaine Edmonds is a little more replaceable. Not now though. Again, not this year. I'm talking about in the future. This year, I don't think either of them are very replaceable. But of the two, I think Tremaine Edmonds is a little more replaceable. Even though he's younger, a lot younger, I think the Bills value safety a hell of a lot. Far more than CB2. So we'll see how it plays out. But my gut tells me that they'll work something out with Poyer. But even if they don't, my gut tells me he's professional enough to not make this uh, an off-field distraction. Before we go, so Twitter can be a fun play sometimes. Bobby Hart, the much embattled offensive lineman, re-signed with the Buffalo Bills for one year. All I'm going to say is, I hope Bobby Hart either doesn't have a Twitter account, or if he does, I really hope that he doesn't go on Twitter often and check mentions because the Bills announced his signing, his re-signing for one year in the it just Your boy got buried, man. Look, Bobby Hart is insurance. That's what he is. Bobby Hart is insurance in case the Bills whiff on, in the draft would, would get in an offensive lineman. Maybe they, they want to get an offensive lineman maybe in the mid to late rounds to, to develop an offensive tackle. And maybe that, that opportunity doesn't present itself. Or maybe they have their eyes on one or two free agents post-draft that they can't land. Your man's camp fodder. I don't see him making this roster. So nothing to nothing to be worried about there, folks. It didn't last. And we're going to get out of here, man. Uh, big, big, this is not Bill stuff. This is Saber stuff. Today, Tuesday, you're listening to this. A very big, big, big night hopefully in the history of the Buffalo Sabres, because 
Owen Power is making his debut. Of course, Owen Power, the number one pick overall in the draft. He is going to make his debut in Toronto. Perfect, perfect uh, opponent to make his NHL debut. This is exciting, man. Um, he'll be skating with Samuelson. Rasmus Dahlin is, or I'm sorry, yeah, Rasmus Dahlin is going to skate with Samuelson. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. I fucking butchered that. Owen Power is playing with Henry Yokiharu. And Rasmus Dahlin is going to skate with Samuelson. And we'll see how that's going to turn out, man. I'm really excited about that. I think this could potentially be a big moment in Sabres history. And we will have plenty more on Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's NHL debut for Owen Power. On Casual Friday, when my man Joe Yurden will talk about Owen Power. We'll see how the Sabres are doing. Haven't been playing that well of late. They were playing good, but uh, a couple stinkers of late. But anyway, we'll talk about all that stuff on Friday. But before that, again, Buffalo Bills mock draft version four with my man Aaron Quinn tomorrow. Talk to you guys soon.